This is Pod Forsaken. Hey everyone, welcome to Pod Forsaken. I'm Rodney Altman. I'm Missy Levin. I'm Chris Sachs. And we are a podcast where we talk about lesser known horror movies. I was actually thinking when we started the podcast, we were like, hey, we review great horror movies you probably haven't seen. But over the course of the show, I feel like it's a mixed bag. Yeah. <laughs> we... <laughs> well, unfortunately, there just aren't a lot of quote unquote great horror movies. Yeah, I think I, when we get to uh, talking about this week's stuff, I was thinking that. But let's talk about what we are doing this week. This week, we are talking about the 2015 Polish film Demon. Uh, that will be the main focus of the episode. Before we do that, though, we always do a segment called Trailer of the Week, where we watch a trailer, we talk about it, and then on the next episode, that will be the main focus. So this week, for Trailer of the Week, the trailer, uh, the film comes from a fan, a, a listener uh, named Jared Brennett. I hope I'm saying that right, Jared, from um, Twitter. And he says... Any of you seen The Deeper You Dig from 2019? If not, it's a beautifully shot micro-budget, written, directed, shot, acted by a family of three. For me, strikes the balance between true horror, dreary indie aesthetic, and bits of batshit surrealism. And I was like, I've never even heard of that. I'm down. Like, mm -hmm. So we watched the trailer for The Deeper You Dig. And I got to say, I'm intrigued. Good looking. It's a good trailer. Is he saying that the three actors are family in real life? I think, I think I think it's the directors, the lead actress, and maybe the girl, the young girl. Oh, yeah. okay, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I um, it it basically looks like it's the story. Uh, it, it kind of has that like Winter's Bone. It does. Feel. That's what I was thinking of when I saw mm -hmm. it. Exactly. Like Appalachian people in the middle of nowhere. Like there's parts of the country you're just like people live there, right? Yeah. And uh, it looks like the guy's daughter or niece goes missing. Mm -hmm. Um. And he consults with like a psychic maybe and tries to find her. It, it looks, I mean, it looks very trippy. It looks very low budget. Really low budget. Um, it doesn't look horrible though. Which may not make for, it yes. bad. Like it's not yeah. like low budget equals bad, no. But it, do, it does look low budget, but. Um, I was, yeah, I had forgotten that you said that our, our dear fan had sent this in. Because I was going to say, where the fuck did you even find this? <laughs> yeah. Like that's the thing. The whole point of the show is to find like these good horror movies that like don't have the marketing to make it into this movie theaters. Out, this just came out and we this haven't brand, even heard, and we are looking for movies. So yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. I, I think it's got a cool aesthetic. I I'm down. You know, the thing that attracts me the most, and maybe it's just cause we've seen so much like, as I, I've harped on, like just European, not, I almost said trash. It's not trash. It's just like, I feel like I'm watching a very boring painting. I, this just looks fucking weird and I'm down. I'm here for that. Yeah, like there, there's that part in the trailer where I don't know, it looks like it's in like this white negative space and there's like a man who's like entirely silhouette and wearing a hat, I think. And he's like talking to someone at a, at a chair. Like it looks very like like acid trippy. Yeah. Um, it's like it seems like there's parts like that, but there's also parts that are just very winter's bone down to earth. Mm -hmm. And then also like the Pennywise, the Joker, Michael Jackson at the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's like a clown covered in very chunky makeup with the yeah, Michael Jackson outfit on. Yeah. It was terrifying. Like, <laughs> you know, there are, um, like, this, again, like, I think if you have a a good script, right, and the actors do a good job, that's kind of the most important thing for me. Like, I obviously prefer when the movies look really slick with, like, really sharp cinematography. This looks like it was shot, you know, like, maybe with all natural lighting for the most part. Like, it looks 
it does not look visually impressive. That's the best way for me to say mm-hmm. it. But there are many movies that I like. Like, remember we, we did that movie, Home Movie, mm-hmm. many, many episodes ago. And like, that's on like Sergio, right? Yeah, our yeah. guest Sergio Guerra brought that on. Again, it's found footage, so I know like the rules of found footage, you know, visual quality don't necessarily apply. But like, that wasn't that great looking, and I love that movie. Ultimately, I just want something that's like surprising, a bit shocking, a bit creepy, and something that like I don't know where it's going. There was like a part in the trailer where, for the deeper you dig, where you see a girl like in a bathtub and a dude's like reaching down to like, I guess, put his hand over her mouth. And I, I was thinking, I hope this isn't giving away, like I hope the movie isn't about like, where is she, what's happened? And then you find oh, out yeah, she's been like kidnapped, but maybe that doesn't ruin anything, you know? Yeah, it could have just been like a trippy sequence kind of thing that it doesn't even, it's not like part of the plot. That's kind of yeah. what I was reading it as. Um, but you know, like there's, there are a lot of, um, I don't know, there's just like a lot of cool indie shit. Like I feel like, these are the kind of movies that um who made the witch remind me uh what? He- Eggers. Eggers. Robert, Robert Robert yeah. Eggers. Yeah. yeah I feel like these are the kind of movies he'd be making if he had a much lower budget you yeah. know mm. like the only thing that separates these movies is is the amount of money you have to spend on the camera package and the lighting package and so a lot of a lot of people start off with small stuff like this you know like um Adam not Adam Green sorry uh, Adam Wingard his early stuff is really low budget. Um, but now he's making the new King Kong versus Godzilla movie, you know? So, like, it's all about proving you you are a capable storyteller, and then you get a little bit more money each time. Yeah. Do we know how low the budget was? You said micro-budget. Do you know how low? Oh, uh, definitely sub a million. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, I mean, either that or, like, the, the producers don't know how to spend a million dollars correctly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I find out the deeper you dig costs, like, $20 million dollars, that's going to be the highlight of the episode. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this it. So looking through photos online, I see the daughter character who I believe is Zelda Adams. They have clips of her in the same makeup on a cannon. So yeah, this. So like, uh, you guys have seen Blue Ruin. Uh-huh. Yeah, Blue Ruin was shot on a cannon EOS. Oh okay. Uh, yeah, but Blue Ruin is like really pretty. Yeah, it looks like yes. A- Right, but just to give you like a a benchmark of like what you can get on a DSLR camera. So like, you know, Blue Ruin is not an expensive movie. Uh, It's less than half a million dollars. What does DSLR stand for? uh, Digital single single lens reflex. Thank you. So, well, to bring it back to the the deeper you dig, I I feel like I've calibrated how I feel about like horror trailers now. (laughs) I think I'm going to like certain elements of this. I'm going to be kind of wish they had a little more money and it's really going to come down to the script it's either going to be like gobbledygook nonsense that has some really interesting fucked up shit or it's going to be like mind-blowing i think it'll be a cool script but this few people working on it like you know nobody's bugging them and making them change stuff like a studio i kind of think that's you know what we see when people aren't messing getting their strip messed with so much yeah but sometimes that allows the artist to have like complete free reign <laughs> and like yeah. sometimes you need somebody saying like whoa 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 do we need the apple talking to him in this scene <laughs> we do okay. that's the core of the movie <laughs> okay <laughs> i see what you did there um but yeah i i'm excited and obviously we're going to talk about this at length next week so uh, for listeners, uh, you know, you have the same options every week. Like you can watch the trailer. You probably should watch the trailer to see if this is for you. It didn't seem to really give away too much. 
Um, or if you like to go in cold, go ahead and just watch the movie and we'll talk about it next week. Or don't and listen to us talk about it next week and then decide. Like, I don't know. Live Either your life way, you have you like. to come back next week. Yes. <laughs> as long as you come back next week, that's all I care about. <laughs> Uh, you don't even have to like horror movies to be here. No, you don't. <laughs> In fact, some of our listeners surprisingly don't. Yeah, <laughs> quite a few, actually. <laughs> I, I am genuinely surprised how many people don't watch horror movies but listen to our podcast. I guess, like, they just enjoy hearing about them. Obviously, they enjoy hearing about them. Yeah. So, okay, we're going to move on to Demon. Before that, I want to, you know, thank all the listeners for listening to our podcast because there's, you know, a million for you to choose from. Please like us, subscribe to us, share us with your friends and on social media. If you want to reach out to us like uh, Jared did, you can find us on Twitter at Pod Forsaken. We're on Facebook, Pod Forsaken Horror Podcast. And if you are an old person and you like to use email like me, you can you can email us uh, podforsakenpodcast at gmail.com. We can uh, be reached by singing telegram at... <laughs> <laughs> Should I include my home address in case you want to write? Like, no, a, like we've already doxed letter? one fan. You don't need to dox yourself. <laughs> Get like uh, someone's finger in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like written on the, like tattooed on the finger. It says like, please review the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's dive into the, the main part of the episode. We're talking about Demon from Poland, 2015. What'd you guys think? Initial thoughts? I I mean, overall, I liked it. I had some issues with it, but I, I enjoyed myself watching yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I got to say, um, I think his name is Ite Tehran, the, the lead, was so fucking good. Yeah. He's kind of reminded so watchable. me of Possession, his performance. Mm, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Possession, the, yeah. The, yeah. The was weird that Polish, movie. too? Or? Wasn't it? It wasn't, was it Polish? Czech? Was it Polish? It was definitely from like that part yeah. of the world. Yeah. But it well, took like, place in Germany. It, in, in Germany. I think but it was Polish. Andrzej Zulowski, who was Polish. Yeah. Okay. yeah. okay. So Demon, the, the very basics. This is um, uh, R-rated. It's a 90-minute movie. I, it basically is almost 95% of the movie takes place on one day. And it follows this guy during his wedding and the following reception. And he may or may not be possessed. That's that's basically the plot, yeah? Yes. Yeah. In in the typical style of Pod Forsaken, we are going to talk non-spoilers for a while, and then we'll give you a warning before we spoil the, the key shit. Um, what was your overall impression, Rodney? I I mostly liked it. For I would say for the first two-thirds, uh-huh. I was prepared to tell you guys how much I loved this movie. Same, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was just sitting there and I was like, this this is what this is what I fucking love, right? Like I am, I was on the edge of my seat. I was tense. I was so into it, and then it kind of just meanders off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping and then, you, t- you guys can tell me what happened. <laughs> I'm hoping you can tell me what happened. <laughs> oh, I was hoping you could tell me what happened. <laughs> no, I think well, I after I knew- doing extensive reading with his, uh, so that I think I mentioned last time the director unfortunately did kill himself while this was at the film festival um which is a shame because i think so as a director he had so much potential absolutely uh yeah. like dude knew how to construct a scene knew how to like play with characters like this is one of those movies that's like packed with people because you're in one location and it's a wedding and there's so many different background characters that you don't even meet but you see them enough that like what they're doing in different scenes like you I, it's weird it like gives this texture to who they are it felt but they real. don't even have lines it felt like yeah, yeah it really yeah. feel like a real little community and just yeah and just like his ability to command where your eye goes and what you're following like 
he was a really he had yeah it's a shame it's a real shame but um polish yeah. weddings seem really fun too <laughs> i gotta say <laughs> yeah the possession part is crazy <laughs> <laughs> i um, happen at all of them <laughs> yes i have i have so much to talk about <laughs> so so i i read a um interview with his wait first of all chris say his name so uh, marcin rona Marcy i believe he and he he co-wrote and directed this movie correct with his now widow olga okay. Simanska. and she um she did a number of interviews after this got picked up for distribution stateside and she, uh, i did not understand what the fuck i watched and then once i read what she was talking about i i think i have an understanding of what the intention is okay but obviously we won't go into that until the spoiler section so we don't right. give right. away shit I also, Missy, thought Polish weddings look so fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I had this moment where I was like, you know, uh, a couple years ago, I went to uh, an Irish wedding, like, in Ireland, right? And and they that is no joke. Like, they go all night, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. And, and then the, that, that, the guy whose wedding I was at, when he came to my wedding, he commented on, like, politely how lame American weddings are. <laughs> and I completely agree with him. Because, like, <laughs> by, like, 10 p.m., People are like, like the older people are like putting their stuff in their bag and they're like, oh, it's, it's been late and I, I gotta go. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's I like know. Saturday, there's free alcohol and music and food. Like, why are you leaving this party? Right. Same and then by my wedding. Yeah. Like if you make it to midnight, that's like, that's like somehow considered like the hardcore people. Right. Yeah. yeah. Apparently in Poland, fuck you, you go till the next day. Right. It was impressive. <laughs> Um, and like I was the like old that, people too, not just the young people. <laughs> most of the time while I was watching Demon and scary shit wasn't happening, all I kept thinking about was how I want to go to a party like this, right? Like I, mm -hmm. it doesn't even need to be a wedding. I just want to be in a room full of people who are like drinking and dancing and laughing and having little conversations off to the side. I assume um, that'll be post-COVID parties. Yeah, maybe it's just because I can't go anywhere to anything. <laughs> <laughs> that, that I was like, even if there's a possessed man at the party, I'll go. <laughs> uh, that would make me want to go even more. But I don't know what it is. I have no idea why. Maybe it's just because like American weddings are so expensive that they can't go long. Um, yeah. I don't know what it is about our culture that's just like, Oh, oh, getting late. Time to go, everyone. <laughs> yeah. I want like just like a fiddle going. And yeah. I want like a permanent fiddler. Yeah. <laughs> just like while you're doing your vows. Okay. All right. Hold on. Yeah. Just, 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 you said permanent, sir. You said permanent. <laughs> you're right. I did. <laughs> you're right. Carry on. Okay. So the, the other thing I want to talk about briefly is that this movie centers around um, the, the Jewish story of the demon called a dibbic right mm -hmm. uh -huh. and the, a dibbic is basically a it is the what the the ghost of a of a dead person that attaches itself to a living person until yeah. yes because they have like the, unfinished business right yeah and so last week and in previous episodes i've talked about this other older hollywood movie about a dibbic with like gary oldman as a pre as a rabbi right and I was looking it up, and apparently I have been confusing two separate films about the same thing. Oh, you were thinking of Fifth Element. Yes, <laughs> where he's the possessed Dybbuk rabbi yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the weird hair. No, so there's, there's this 2009 movie called The Unborn, right? And that movie uh, is, comes from Platinum Dunes, and that's the movie with Gary Oldman as the rabbi, right? Okay. It also has Idris Elba in it, apparently. But, like, mm. that is a movie about, like, um. A, a young pregnant girl who is, I guess, her baby has a dib is a dibic. I don't know. There's a dibic in the movie, right? But then a couple years later, there's this movie called The Possession from 2012, 
And that's the movie with Jeffrey Dean Morgan, where like oh. where his like daughter finds a Dybbuk box at like a yard sale sale and brings it home. And then she gets possessed. And I was like, it's really weird that like there's these two movies that are both about Dybbuk's yeah. and are so bland that I've seen them both and my mind just combined them into one. <laughs> like it just said that like there's a movie with Jeff- Jeffrey Dean Morgan and he goes and gets Gary Oldman to help him with his daughter. <laughs> His, his, like, pregnant daughter because she got a box at, like, a yard sale, right? And I don't, like, I do not recommend either of these movies. But if you, if you, except for the fact that if you want to see Gary Oldman play, like, like, oh, like a rabbi doing a exorcism in, like, a really weird role. Like, one of those Gary Oldman roles, you're, like, clearly someone wanted a new car, right? And they were just, or a new, a new house. And they were, like, Gary Oldman was, like, I'll be in your movie for two days of shooting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the Dybbuk is the, the relevant thing we're going to talk about for Demon. I just wanted to clear that up because I'm sure someone last week was like, that's a different movie, Rodney. Yeah, I'm glad you <laughs> said that, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, do one of you want to like kind of set up the Demon, you know, like tell us about the beginning and what the ma- basic plot is? Not nah. the first 10 minutes, but I can <laughs> You know what's funny? I feel like this movie could have used a first 10 minutes. Like it, it needed a little bit of primer to get like to introduce all the characters, to introduce who he is, the the needs, whatever. It needed like a little more meat at the front. Is that's that would be my big note to the movie. That would have helped. Yeah. That's not my biggest I mean, I, I just think it fell apart kind of at the free quarter mark. But Yeah. So nice basically too. we're we're following um his name his nickname is Python. <laughs> <laughs> but right. his name is Peter. He is a but in, um, the, in the, like the Polish spelling, like P I O Python. Yeah, right. Uh, so but yeah, Python. so you, you get this sense that he's like a young carousing guy that he's like marrying his like you know rough and tumble friends' sister. So he's come to they they don't say where, but it's London. rural Poland. Well, he's from he's from London, but he's come to rural Poland. You don't know where in Poland it is, oh. and. He arrives, and this is important, via a ferry because to get to this side of the river, the uh, the Nazis knocked out the bridge some indeterminate time ago. Uh, again, probably you don't during know, like World War Two. Right, right, right. But that's what I mean. It's like you don't know exactly when it was. Right? Is like, is this the eighties? You don't see any cell phones, really. Is this yeah, the nineties? He 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 uses a cell phone. Oh, he does. Okay. Well, they yeah. they said in an interview they want it to be like kind of indeterminate. So, yeah, well, he straight up has a cell phone. Okay, so. okay, so my bad. So it's like, but it, it's it's not really important when it is or whatever. It's just it's it's rural Poland. He while he's on the ferry heading across, he sees this woman wading into the river, being like having what seems like a nervous breakdown. Right, and there's like other people in the river with her. Like one dude's like it looks like he's holding her back. Like like she's it's unclear what she's trying to do. Like drown herself. Get, like she's resisting baptism. I don't know, but there's definitely a dude like holding her arm and there's a close-up on her looking up at Peter on the ferry as he like sails by. Yeah. And I was like, I'm sure this will be explained or be relevant later. And I still don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's just like the first couple minutes of the movie. And so he, the ferry arrives and from this point forward, almost the entire movie takes place at this farmhouse, right? Which is the... Basically, it is the house owned by his bride-to-be's father, who's, like, giving it as a gift to him and the bride. Is that correct? Or is it— Yeah, well, I think it, yeah. it's originally owned by the grandfather that passed down to the father. So, right. Yeah. So, so yeah, there is—early um early in the movie, there is a scene between, you know, his—we're his, his going to say the father-in-law, even though they're not married yet, but, like, his soon-to-be father-in-law. And, like, he basically says to him, like, yo, dude, like, 
I don't really know you. Like we've had a couple Skypes while you were in London and like you're marrying my daughter. And like, look, like maybe you want to like think about it because like you kind of have just been dating and and Peter's like, I love your daughter and I'm I, I'm sure, I'm certain about this. He's like, okay, fine, cool. And they like, they like, there's a lot of vodka drinking in this movie. They do like a shot of vodka. So much. Like the like like an entire plot line is just how much vodka is left, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, he goes to the house. It's a very lovely house, like kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And it seems like there's like a main house and like kind of a barn attached to it. Mm-hmm. So the reception will be in the barn. Right. And so this this is the day before, right? The day before the, the wedding. And we basically meet his bride, whose name is Zanetta. I'm going to say Zanetta. Maybe it's Zanetta. That's how I would pronounce it, yeah. Zanetta. And her brother, whose name I forget. But he, 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 man, he just looks suspicious. Like, he just looks like he's in a gang. He has, like, suspicious tattoos. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I hate to, I I don't want to, I don't want to make assumptions because the movie never implies that he is in a gang or something. But, like, if you found out this dude was in, like, organized crime, it would not be shocking. And so, his name is Jasney. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but Jasney, sure. So the three of them are like talking about all the renovations Peter's going to make to the farm, and he's like, "I'm going to dig up the ground here and put a pool in, right?" And so that night, I guess he he decides he's going to just start. Even though tomorrow is like the big wedding, he's like, "I'm just going to get started," and he starts digging, right? Yeah, I assume they're like you know spending the night before the wedding apart. So yeah, because like, she's not there. With and, him. Yeah, and she'll stay with her family and. Yeah, so they don't see each other before the wedding. And so that afternoon, while digging, he he finds what appears to be a human skeleton in the ground. And this is the point where he pulls out his cell phone. That's how I know it's at least somewhat present day. And he tries to call someone. I assumed he was calling the police, but it just rings and rings, and then he stops. And then he kind of just is like, eh, oh, well, I'll deal with it later. And I, I, the one plot point that I thought was weird is that he doesn't take a picture you know, he has a cell phone. Yeah. Why not take a picture of the bones? He definitely should have. Yeah. Like, everybody takes pictures of everything. Like, you can barely make a sandwich these days without feeling compelled to take a picture Did of it. Did early cell phones have picture, have cameras on them? Yeah, even like, even the earliest shit. And this is not, this is not an early thing. That was a flat looking iPhone or an Android. It did not flip open. It wasn't, you know, it, it definitely was okay. flat and rectangular. Um, so... Like, I obviously the very, if this was like the late 90s, no, those would not have had cameras, but it also would have been like the size of a brick, you know? <laughs> but um, anyway, that night he goes to bed and starts hearing like like children laughing in the house. Um, and he goes to investigate and he goes outside and he sees like the back of this woman in like like a white bridal dress, like looking away from him. And he goes to call out to her and he immediately like sinks into the ground like it's quicksand and the ground like swallows him up and then it just cuts to the next day. Yeah, and like super freaky. His 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 brother-in-law, Jasney, shows up with his friend, whose name I don't know. We're gonna call him Jasney's friend. Do you know his name, Izzy? I don't think it matters. It's Jasney's it doesn't matter. friend. His name is Ronaldo, but, but yeah. Ronaldo, but he will be important. So let's keep track of him, right? So they show up and they're like, yo, where's Peter? He's missing. And I'm like, well, I guess he's still buried in the, in the ground. <laughs> yeah. Right. But he's not. Instead, he's like asleep in the back seat of his car. And not dirty. And not dirty. Although his hands look a little dirty, but he he's totally like looking clean. He does not look like he fell into a pit of quicksand, right? 
And so they like knock on the, the window and he he's like, what? what? And they're like, dude, why just, they don't even ask him why he slept in the car. They're just like, come on, it's your wedding day. Let's get ready. And so from that point forward, we have a bit of the standard stuff where like, it's, hey, it's a night. Uh, they do talk about how like rain is coming and, but like he gets married, it's raining, but like everyone's cheery. And then you finally get to the reception. And I would say from this point forward, most of the movie is like the reception of this wedding. Yeah. And this is when stuff starts like taking a turn for like, in like the creepy. He starts yeah. acting weird. He starts acting like there's clearly something wrong. But a lot of the people don't know him that well. So they don't know if this is normal for him. Right. Because almost everyone at this wedding is friends or family of his bride or her family. Right. Yeah. And so he's kind of an outsider. Um, and like it starts with, you know, simple shit. Like his hand is a little shaky. And like, there's a part early in where he sees this, this woman with black hair in a bridal gown, like walking through the crowd that no one else seems to notice. Right. But again, he doesn't know most of the people there. So maybe it's a real guest. Right. Right. She's like at the back of the, the back of the crowd. So like maybe just no one sees her. Yeah. And Peter is, Peter is not looking good. He's not looking good. And he he says, I'm so excited to spend like all like many years with you, Hannah, as he looks at the creepy ghost girl in the back of the room. Yes. He and calls, everyone's like, um, what? Who's Hannah? Yeah. <laughs> is that an ex-girlfriend? <laughs> that is super awkward, right? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I thought that was a really good moment. That's more awkward than at my wedding when I called my wife by her mother's name. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> we'll never know. Don't tell. Uh, yeah, and then there's this whole like sort of subplot with the backhoe because you can't call her a backhoe. <laughs> That's not cool. All right, with Hannah, the digger, <laughs> the, the the pool digger. Yeah. So yeah, and then like the 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 father-in-law, the future father-in-law is like ribbing him, like oh, I'm not gonna let him have the backhoe, and he like saves himself because he's like, oh, Hannah's what I call the backhoe. Yeah, again, no one believed home, that. Was... No one bought that for a second. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the thing he he was using to dig up that where he found the bones, right? Yes. yes. Everyone so knows like, what a backhoe is. I I don't know. I I feel like it has a different name. I like, knew what you meant, but I've never heard it called that. A back. It's it had on the back of it is a hoe. A scoop. That's <laughs> yeah, it's like a scooper. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big it's a, pooper scooper. It's a digger. It's a <laughs> construction digging machine. I, I don't know. Backhoe yes. just. I don't know. It's I, that. I guess that's what it's called, but. I feel like you're using antiquated terminology. <laughs> um, I'm possessed by Hannah. Uh. So, look, I feel like we're, like, getting into the weeds on all yeah. the, the specific plot points. I want to talk more about the backhoe. <laughs> I know go. you do. It's yeah, very go. clear. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but basically, like, from here, we have a couple of good, good scares and tense moments. Because what's happening is uh, Peter is basically just d- just falling apart. His like hands are dirtier and everyone's sort of like, oh, you're kind of losing it, man. And he goes back to find his wedding ring. And then there's all these children that do we ever see the children again? Are those real children or are they ghost children? I'm not sure. I I don't know. I was very confused. Because there's no children at the wedding. That's true. You never see children. She doesn't seem surprised to see these children. They're they're just like running. There's like three kids who are like playing tag in the house. Right. And they run by him. And you're right. He they just seem like they're like totally natural and he is not disturbed by it at all. But you're right. You never like you earlier in the movie, you heard him hear like the laughter of children. Now he's seeing them, but it's never brought up again. Yeah. You know, this, this brings up a, a a point that I think we should touch upon, which is that like, 
This is definitely a horror movie. I want to be clear, but it's not very scary. And no, it, it, it's more thriller. It's like a dramatic thriller more than it like, is. But there's a ghost possession to it, you know? Sure. Like, like there's definitely a supernatural thing going on. He is yeah, I mean, there's ghosts in Ghostbusters. It's not a horror movie. That's very true. That's the thing everyone says, Chris. How cliche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is not funny. Like there are like. I, this couple, is kind of funny in places. That's There is some weird I humor. did crack up at one part. All right. Yeah, yeah. There are a couple of funny parts. But it's yeah, not a I, comedy. I Nobody feel like is it's going like, to say this it's, is a It's comedy. very much a foreign movie, though, because it's like it touches on a lot of different tones. Yes. They're at different parts of the movie. You are feeling different things. Yeah. Um, but I just, I don't know. I've never learned before this podcast how many horror movies aren't like horror movies. Y- yeah. Like, we, come across, we come up with uh, against this like almost every week yeah, it, it seems, seems like, like every week we're like yo here's this horror movie you haven't heard of let's watch that and review it and there's a reason you haven't heard about it because it's not really a horror movie yeah this it like is it's just so many people are throwing very different types of movies under one bracket like there needs to be more terms yeah i mean again something this movie has a a ghostly apparition a, a cursed grave a possessed man like like people spy, like this guy spiraling out of control, a sense of dread that is building and building. Like it has all the things a horror movie has. It just doesn't potentially like, a murder. Right, there might be a yeah. murder. Uh huh. So what's the difference? Like, what is it? The well, in between moments? Like, what? I mean, I feel like this is all. This almost falls like into like the old like romantic version of horror, where it's like you're dealing with taboo themes that are horrifying but are not scary per se. Like if you read like you know a, a lot of like Poe's work. It's not scary, you know, but people of the time that was considered horror. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's sort of like a horror movie the way like Crimson Peak is a horror movie, you know, which you hate. And I yeah, I really I mean, I really hate Crimson Peak. I'm sorry. I love that movie, but I don't I wouldn't call it a horror movie. But it, but it's about like like a murdered woman, a ghost, you know, like a falling apart old mansion. It's like this this slow gothic horror. It's like. There's no other cat. It's it, there's supernatural shit happening. I don't know what other category to yeah. put it in. Um, yeah. But it doesn't have it. it it's so weird because it's not it's not trying to scare you. There are no jump scares, and it's 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 just meant to be make you feel uneasy. I guess is the best way to put it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and I I would say, and that's what's tricky about it is that like demon at its core, it's disturbing, right? They're trying to raise disturbing questions and. But that's not necessarily scary. Well, it felt pretty real. Yeah, yeah. I felt like this. This is what like a possession might be like. You know, like I, I don't know. I, there's still the jury's out on whether that's real or not. I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. But I felt like that dude did. Like again, I cannot emphasize as Chris said how good the main actor is. Yeah. Um. Because I mean, things start to take a turn even more at this point, and he like when they're all dancing, he starts like going into like seizures yeah there's something about like the way that like it's constantly raining and how like as the wedding as the reception is like amping up in terms of drunk people and music and dancing and energy so too is his possession level and it just creates this like this boiling pot of like oh my god like i like this is when i was really loving the movie because the the director is doing such a good job of of just like he's telling you like things are going to get really bad and and you just feel it coming and you're like I wish we could I could stop it but I can't you know um I also got some like correct me if you disagree but I felt some like David Lynch vibes coming from this movie like not in terms of I think he would like it okay 
I'll I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> like in the, just like it, like kind of like an, an ethereal weirdness, right? Just like like the way that some of the characters have these lines of dialogue that are are funny in the midst of all this weird supernatural. I shit. I see what you mean by that. Yeah. yeah, there's something like cozy and comforting about like people still like going about their day and trying to be normal in the midst of this craziness. Like everyone's just like trying to have a good time and drink when like the groom is clearly falling apart in front of them. Yeah, like, yeah. eventually like, he, like, literally just, like, takes his shirt off and, like, leans back. And this is, like, literally the cover of the movie. And just, like, leans back in the middle of the dance floor and just starts screaming. And at that point, there's, there's like, the wedding is ruined, right? I mean, like, there is no coming back from this. So, like, they literally have to, like... They're all kind of just be like, oh, yes, he's having fun. Let's all do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you're also watching his, his like, his bride, like, kind of... Obviously, she feels terrible and she doesn't know what's going on. Um, did you? I don't know. I don't know if I heard this part when you talked about the wedding. When they, so I had to look this up. In Polish weddings, they are immediately offer the the bride a. They have two equal glasses. One is vodka and one is water. And the bride chooses first, not knowing which is which. And the the like cultural thing is whoever drinks the vodka is going to be the dominant one. So they, one drinks vodka, one drinks water, and then you're supposed to throw them. And if they break, that's good luck. But because Peter is possessed by this Jewish ghost, he drops it and steps on it like at a Jewish wedding. Oh, oh that's, well, so they're not Jewish. No, they were at a, oh. they were at a, a, a Catholic uh, uh, church. Oh, you're totally they're right. At a church? Yeah. Oh. I, I, I did, there was something weird that's because he does cool. step on the glass. Yes, yeah. and they're like, oh, what are you doing? And then she throws her glass. Yes. Yeah, I okay. No, I did not catch that at all. I'm glad all. you said that. Yeah. I just thought that maybe they were like a, I don't know, just like Jewish. Yeah, that's, that, that was like the first like weird thing to happen. And I didn't catch that in the, the moment. I had to look up what happens at Polish weddings. And I was like, oh, that's what that signified is that his possession has started. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So I don't like, look, I kind of want to talk spoilers and like just like so we can talk about the rest of this movie. Is there anything else you guys want to say about it before we get into that? I think we're just about there. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean like, I, it's just okay, like first. final thoughts pre-spoilers. I am amazed by, for like an independent movie, how many uh, production cards were in front of it. We counted 11. Oh, yeah. The, those are the, um, you know, like Missy probably missed <laughs> the this. The company cards. Yeah, you know, like at the beginning when it's like, you know, Universal Pictures, you know, like Imagine yes. Entertainment. So this is actually, I was thinking about this. When this movie started, yeah, there were... I should have went back and counted, but it felt we like- We did. A- we, we went back and counted because we started to crack up. It, it's 11. Is it but really you, 11? Yeah. But you know what? Whatever you got to do to get the movie made. Well, that's sort of a- um, I think that's that's a really interesting point when you compare it to American movies, right? Because like in America, you watch a movie and there's usually like the studio name and then one or two production companies, right? Some movies might have four, but that's because like someone was like, what? You need $5 million to make your movie? Here's a check. Go make it, right? And I, we own it. It's like in America, we we are so used to one company just spending so much fucking money to make a movie, right? Yeah. But like in Poland, fuck no, there ain't no one who's shelling out a, even a million, right? So <laughs> you have to go to 11 different companies. And like, there's like, one of them is like the Polish Film Fund. One is like the Israeli Film Fund, the Krakow yep. Film Fund. There was like um, other- Orchard. Co- yeah, the Orchard. Yeah. I think it was the Magnet other Man, Polish Film Institute, Televisa Polska, Chimney, Krakow Regional Film Fund, Transfax. Wait, you just saying stuff? Or Sinesia no. Film, Watch the Studio, no, those, and Lava Films. 
That's those all were, of them. Those were all. Oh, wow. Okay. Missy, did you notice that at all? Or were you just not paying attention? No, no, no. I would listen to the pretty music. I like that. <laughs> I, um, I think, yeah, because uh, Chris and I come from a film background. I, I'm just used to watching like at the beginning of a movie, like who made this movie, right? And as foreign films go, usually I don't know most of these companies. The Orchard I recognize. But yeah, it's like the filmmaker has to go to all of these places and each place is like, yo, we'll give you $100,000 or whatever, right? Or whatever. And then you lump it all together. And I think that's there's an interesting point there about how film is viewed between America and other countries, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I joking aside, I, I'm blown away by how well this movie handles crowds and like just the cinematography and movement of it. And I don't just mean the cinematography, but the way that characters act within the space is so just really, really mature filmmaking. Yeah, it really feels like you're at a real wedding. In terms of like who should watch this movie, it, it it's it's sort of a tough one, right? Because like I, I don't even know if I recommend this movie to people. Like it it's it was good. Yeah, I just I still think I recommend I think I recommend it. I just I get I get it's like a like a B overall, not an A. Yeah, it's I think it's a little too intellectual for its own good. But if you like that type of stuff and you like really competent filmmaking, you'll you'll appreciate this. You know, I, I'm the type of guy that like if the last act of your movie does it for me, I don't care about the rest. Like I have there are many, many movies that like ramp up to a place that I just love. Um, and people give me shit all the time. Like, look, Man of Steel, I get why everyone hates it. That last 30 minutes where it's just nonstop Superman <laughs> fighting Zod is so good to me. That's all I want. The same with like The Matrix 2 and 3, it, right? Uh, in horror, I think Starry Eyes is a great example, right? It's so slow for so long, and then it goes fucking bonkers. And I love that. But this movie's like the opposite of that. Yeah. And so instead of ramping up, it starts dwindling out or dwindling down, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. so- I started losing like all the tension that I felt while I was building up. I was like, oh man, when this guy gets full possessed by the demon, things are going to get fucking crazy at this wedding, right? Exactly. What's going to happen? And in fact, in the trailer, they show that shot of just like the bride, like sitting, like crying by herself amongst a whole bunch of empty chairs. And I was like, what's going to happen? That's going to lead to that. And where the movie goes, it, it kind of just peters out. That's the term I'm looking for. And then it ends and I was like, oh, I don't even know what happened, right? Like, Same. I feel the exact same way. And, well, and I, I'll, I'll say with what I've read about it, what the intention of what's to be communicated, I don't think there's any other way it could have. I mean, there's different shots and different things you could have put in, but for what he wanted to communicate, this is where it had to go. And I will explain once we get into spoilers. Please, I'm excited for that. So, I mean, like, if you're the type of person who you... Like, look, you, I think you have to like foreign films, right? Because I would say 80% of this is in Polish. There, the, there are some parts that are spoken in English, but most of it's subtitled. It's very pretty. There's not a lot of violence or gore or scares. So it's it's like a supernatural drama. You, you kind of have to know all this going in. It is very well made and very well acted. And it does feel like there is, it, it's tightly written in that, like, hopefully Chris can explain it. Like, it's clear there is an intention behind things. I don't feel like it's sloppy in any way. I just, ultimately, I, I, it's just not one of those movies that I'm going to tell people like, oh my God, what do you mean you haven't seen Demon? You got to watch Demon, right? Like, right, right. It just doesn't I mean, I, fall into that if, category. If you are a cinephile and you love foreign stuff and you want something a little different, I think you will enjoy 
most of this movie. Yeah. If you're just someone that watches a lot of movies, yeah. I think you should watch like it. Like, if you love movies and filmmaking, I think you will really appreciate this movie. Like, the color, like, the way everything was, like, this, like, grayish color, is that, like, what was there? Or is that, like, a lens on the, uh, it's, the film? It's, so, the, the light, the lighting, the costuming, and all, and the lens and camera work all come into play in that. But with modern uh, um, color correction, you can get whatever you want, really. So, like, you okay. get, you capture a base, and, like, you know how on your iPhone you can go into that, like, uh, play with the, the color values mode? Okay. They have they do that for the entire movie, and so oh. certain scenes they like the the software is so powerful now, you can um what they call power window. So like you'll literally take a character's face and you go okay this scene's a little overlit and we're we our eye doesn't go anywhere. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna power window Peter's face. That means like you put a little mat over it, and then everyone else we darken down and make him the brightest point, even though it's not how it looked like raw. But now your eye goes to him because he's the brightest point. And with modern technology, you can now track that like like Photoshop or After Effects very easily. So okay. yeah, so that that is a integral part. And honestly, like having looked at hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of hours of dailies of TV shows, things look like washed out garbage. And then you'll be like, I don't see how this is going to work. Then it gets into color correction. You go, this is fucking art. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize how much work goes into the colors after the film has been shot, you know? If you were to just watch, like, the raw footage, like Chris said, of, of almost anything, it kind of just looks like life looks, you know? Like, like when you watch, if you were to just watch footage from Mission Impossible, right, right out of the camera, you'd be like, that's Tom Cruise talking to someone, right? And, like, <laughs> yeah. they're literally just standing on a street, right? But once you once you put it through the color correction and, like, you're like, let's emphasize this part. Let's get a little more bright here. Let's add some red to the back, right? It makes it feel like a movie and it starts to feel kind of, give it that more epic quality, right? Okay. So there's a lot of shit happening that you're just not even thinking about. And that's a whole team. That's a whole process that almost all movies go through, you know? I thought they did a good job in this. Of that, like, I really liked yeah. the vibe, like, color-wise. Yeah. Again, I, it's high marks across the board. Except I just, I think it's unfortunately like knowing what they intended that you don't get that from the movie. Maybe, maybe if you're Polish, you do. But as a foreigner watching it, I had to do a lot of reading to understand what was being communicated. And I honestly, I, I hold that as that is the responsibility of the movie. You have to tell yeah. me if you want to communicate something, it's on you to communicate it. Do you think that they thought this would be seen all over the world? Um, or was it like a local? Like I mean, I think that's always the hope, people, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think everyone makes their movie being like, hope this is a hit. People are going to love it. Yeah. Very few people set out and go, I hope no one sees this. <laughs> you know what? Like, let me make a comparison. To me, this is sort of like The Shining. If if you remove all the shit about, like, Jack Nicholson going nuts with the axe and you remove, like, the bloody elevators. Like, if it's just the story of, like... Do you know who did the, yeah, do you know who did yeah. the music for this? Who? Christoph Penderecki. Who's that? He did the... The the very famous uh, song from The Shining. He did a bunch of songs from The Shining. Wow! Wait, no way, really? Yes, yeah. He they couldn't. Oh my god! They couldn't afford his. Uh, I'm gonna drop one of the songs in um, the thing, in the chat. In the chat, yeah. Wow, look at that! I I fucking Rodney, you're so smart. And you the photo at the end. I think there's a lot of The Shining in this. Oh yeah, the photo at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I. That's what. That's a good call. That's why actually. I bring it up. So like. Yeah, if you just had The Shining and it was just the story of like the, all the tension of like Jack Nicholson getting crazier and crazier and talking with the bartender, 
But if it just didn't go anywhere, right? And uh-huh. And it, like you just reshot the whole last half hour of The Shining and like it went it kind of just petered out. That's what this movie is. But instead of exactly. a hotel, it's at a wedding. Yeah, that's exactly spot on. And so that now you know, listener, if this movie is for you, right? If you if you hear that description, you're like, I do want to watch that. Go for it. But like the first three quarters are really good. Yep. Yep. Um, okay, but I think we should talk spoilers now so we can talk about all the confusing shit that happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is your warning. Spoilers. Three, two, one. Here we go. So after he has a bunch of seizures, they drag him into the basement and give him a, a the doctor gives him a bunch of shots of, I don't know what, there's some kind of sedatives. Yeah, I'm not even sure why the doctor, uppers. why does the doctor, why did he bring his like syringe kit with him, you know? Uh, was he there as the guest or a doctor? It was. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, white, the, white, the white jacket dude, he's a doctor yeah. who keeps saying that he doesn't drink, but he does drink. Right? Doesn't he get a bottle of vodka and he's just drinking it later? Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he has a flask first. He has one drink. It turns into 30 because of the wedding. Right. Uh, and th- this is one of those things that I, I said earlier that I felt like it needed 10 minutes at the front, like my big fat Greek wedding style, where it's like you get to know everybody real quick, you know? Yeah. I'm totally with you. The movie has a lot of side characters, but you don't really get to know anyone. Like, like Reynaldo, isn't that his name? The... The yeah, Ronaldo, yeah. Like who has see- like this tension with Xanada. Yeah. That seems like that's important, but I don't know anything about that dude, right? Like I just yeah. thought he's a side character, but then at the end it seems like he has an important role. And then yeah, there's like the the old teacher, the old doctor, there's a priest. But like I don't really get a sense of why they're in the movie, other than like they're clear there's literally a part where like the priest and the doctor are like debating. And it, it felt very lost where it's like man of science versus man of faith, you know? Right. Um, yeah, and it, it felt that felt a little shoehorned where it's like, OK, so now we're going to have the science versus atheism debate. OK, why? Why are we doing this right now? Yeah. And so, like, obviously, father-in-law, he's like, this guy's fucking nuts. Like, he's having some kind of epileptic seizure. I don't know what's up, but like this but wedding has he, been. A- he brings up that there's a skeleton. Piotr brings up the skeleton to his friend, his future father-in-law, and Ronaldo, and the father is like super sketchy about it. And oh, yeah. it almost yeah. seems like he knows. It seems like he knows who it was. Yes. And he's like, "There's no skeleton. Forget you ever saw that. I didn't see anything. You need that's crazy." Like he was saying it all in a way that he knew exactly what was going yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. We all got the vibe that like father-in-law does not want to talk about the skeleton that may or may not be buried in the back. But here's the thing, like whatever happened to that hole, it is now filled in. And so at one point, Peter earlier in the film literally sees the empty hole. It's like, and he, he like goes inside to get someone and he brings like the father-in-law and his brother-in-law and the other guy out. And now the hole is filled in. And he's like, it was literally an empty hole here with the bones in it moments ago. And I was like, I feel like half this movie is this ditch that sometimes is full and sometimes is not, you know? (laughs) So clearly it's like he's hallucinating that shit. Uh, Maybe. Or you think like the ghost filled in its own grave? I think, yeah, because that's kind of what I said in my head. Do do you think he actually fell in the quicksand at the beginning? Um, yeah, because of something that happens later on. Well, we can talk about it. We're in spoilers. We're in spoilers. Oh, we have to go to the super spoiler section. (laughs) Later later on, we see him in a ditch, like, and he looks dead. Yes. Remember? So- And I didn't know if he was ever really, was he ever really at the wedding? Right. Okay, so let's- It looked like he might have died in the ditch that night. So 
we spent a lot of time, we'll come back to that. We spent a lot of time in the basement as there was debate on what to do with him, right? This is probably the funniest part of the movie. And and the 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 everyone's like fairly drunk, but the wedding like at the barn is like dying down. And the stepdad, he's like so determined that everyone have a good time that he's like, get all the vodka out of the trucks, bring me every bottle, get everybody fucking drunk, band, keep playing, right? Um, <laughs> and there's really a part where like, the the some guy goes around the corner and like the singer of the band is like getting fucked up against a wall and like he's like hey like yo I hired you to play songs and she's like the wedding's ruined he's like you get back up there and sing but like while they're having this conversation she's still getting fucked and I was yeah. like this lady don't give a shit like <laughs> um, but it's also completely irrelevant I'm like I don't know why like why like. I guess that's maybe how Polish weddings are. Like, I, it just go, they go crazy. Like, <laughs> I don't know why this, the singer felt the need to get fucked. It, like, it's not even like private. It's not even like in like some room. It's just like in a tent, you know, like where they're serving yeah. food from. <laughs> um, and, and like from this point forward, the movie just starts to get weird because there's all these people arguing about keeping the wedding going, closing the wedding down. Uh, I don't believe there's skeletons. Zanetta is like the bride. I'm going to fucking find out and she goes out with a shovel and starts like digging up the the grave and that's when the old teacher who gave the really boring speech that everyone hated he starts talking to peter right and he's like who what's your name and peter's like talking in yiddish now and says my name is hannah and the old teacher is like the only hannah i know was a young beautiful girl when i was a child and everyone in town wanted her and then one day she just disappeared right and so it's clear that like he's possessed by. I mean, it's clear. I assume it's clear, right? He's possessed. Well, yeah, because the the old teacher like sings this song, and Hannah knows it. Right. Um. So it's clear that he's possessed. He's literally like, "My name's Hannah," and the the priest is like, "You have to leave this body." And Hannah's like, "No, I'm not doing that." <laughs> yeah, the priest's attempt at this is like so lame. He's, he's really just, lame. Like, He's the worst priest I've ever seen. And the doctor is just behind him cracking up at like what a terrible job he's doing. <laughs> this, this whole part in the basement, just like it just started losing all steam and momentum for me, you know, because yeah. it's just it's just Peter, like with his hands bound, sitting against the wall. while suddenly we're following all these side characters who are like having debates outside and talking about the wedding and. And I don't know. I just started to like not care. I was like, is, is shit going to get crazy or what? Yeah. Peter's acting yeah. was really good in this as well, though. Now, now acting like he's being possessed by a woman. Like, I thought he did a good job of that. Yeah, yeah I stand by that. Uh, he's he is I, good throughout. I want to know how much, uh, like, glycerin they had to go through to make everyone so drunk and sweaty. What do you mean? <laughs> the dad was, like, dripping <laughs> Because it, they spray everyone with, like, little glycerin stuff so oh. they, like, look all sweaty and, like, fucked up. Because <laughs> uh, everyone looks wasted by this point. Yes, people are, like, stumbling around. And 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 it is weird, like... I. I don't know what I would do if I was at a wedding and like the groom had a fucking seizure and then the father-in-law came out and said, just keep drinking. Yeah. I no, would the feel- father comes out and he's like, oh, he has food poisoning, but not from the food we've been serving you. Right. Don't worry. It's, it's like food. Ate earlier. It's food from London. <laughs> so I, I, like the basement shit goes on for a while. And, and I don't And really- then there's a most abrupt conclusion to that. Oh, wait, there's a, there's a weird moment where either the, the, the someone, the doctor or the priest is like, look, I think the doctor is like looking for his like vial of, you know, yes. whatever, calming serum, whatever it is. And uh, sedative, that's the word I'm looking <laughs> calming for. Calming serum. I'm just going to shoot you serum. some calming serum. <laughs> Honey, I'm not an alcoholic. I just need my calming serum. 
but he like it like rolls under the bed and as he yes. goes to reach for it this like little girl's hand reaches out from under the bed and hands it to him mm-hmm. and he clearly sees it because there's a look of like that's surprising but then he just takes the sedative and then never mentions it again and i'm like wait, you're just totally okay with the fact there's like a ghost girl under the bed, but you're not going to talk about it and it's not going to be brought up again. Nope. You're right. You're completely right. Yeah. Did you also catch, I I didn't want to forget this. There's a part where I think Reynaldo smashes a glass on his forehead. Yes. I don't remember. When was that? It's like, they're like, it's, it's around this part of the movie. They're in the wedding, you know, like it's cuts back to the wedding and like, there's like, like, like the stepdad and his son get into an argument about like, he's like, I can't believe you, you know, found this guy for your sister. Like you're a fucking asshole. He's like, I didn't know he's like epileptic, you know? And then the other guy just takes a glass and smashes it on his own head. Oh my God. (laughs) And then the scene like cuts away to something else. And I was like, wait, why did that guy do it? Is he just drunk or is everyone getting possessed? Yeah. I I think it's just that everyone's trashed. I I guess, I guess because like, there's just so much vodka flowing, but like, it's a weird thing to put in the movie and not address um, but whatever that happened, there's the ghost girl under the bed who again is not, not discussed. Um, and then Peter just goes missing. Like yep. Ronaldo comes out and he's like, he's gone. Yep. Yeah. He was down there and yeah, the wife went to go dig in the hole to try right. to find the bones. And, and one by one, I guess they all leave him with Ronaldo and Ronaldo is like, he's gone. I don't know where he is. Um, and and I don't even remember what happens with the bride, right? Like, does she? Uh, she's just distraught. The dad has the speech where he's like, "All right, we just gotta pretend this didn't happen. Yeah, this it's like we a just bad all dream. shared us. Uh, we just had a shared hallucination. Maybe yeah, this he, wedding didn't even happen. He literally gets up in front of everyone. It's like it must be like five in the morning now, and he's just like, "This never happened. You were never here. You're gonna wake up tomorrow. You're gonna be hungover, but you were not here. There was no wedding. Good, good. Go home. Right? Yeah, go home. Go to sleep." And so, yeah, like the sun rises and everyone's like stumbling home. And this is where it cuts to like, correct me if I'm wrong, right? It, it, there are a couple important things that we see. One, we see Reynaldo drive a Jeep to the edge of this giant ravine. Yes. And he gets out of the car and like pushes the car off and it goes plummeting over the edge and splashes. Wasn't into that the Peter's Jeep? I don't oh. know. I, I, but he was, that's not the car he was sleeping in outside the house. I had no idea who that car belonged to. Because I didn't know who that car belonged to either because the car Peter was sleeping in outside the house was a low car. Yeah, it was more like a sedan or something. Yeah. I mean, maybe that wasn't his car, but it was very confusing. So I'm like, okay, but you don't see who's in the car or what. Like, I, it's, it's totally unclear what that's about. And then it, then it shows like a house, like the, the, the remains of some house that is I now I thought been- it was the house that the bones were by. Oh, like the, the house, the whole, the house, the movie's yeah. been taking place in? yeah. I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense. It's just like, you basically see the backhoe knocking down the house. I guess we're jumping in because all that's left is like a wall, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, So I guess they've been tearing the house down for quite some time and we're just cutting into it later. And amongst the ruins of the house, there is this black and white photo from a wedding. And much like at the end of The Shining, spoilers. <laughs> yeah. There is, it's clear that in this photograph, the bride and groom are Hannah, the dead ghost girl, and Peter, the main character. Mm-hmm. Right? We all saw that. We all saw that. That's definitely what happened. I watched it twice just to make sure I was seeing it correctly. Right. That's what happened. And then 
to add on an extra layer. It then cuts to the fairy from the very beginning of the movie. And Zanetta is now there, but she has like a different haircut. So no time has passed. I think that's like signifying time. Is it is the passed. same car. It is Peter's car from the beginning. Okay. Is he sleeping in? That, uh, I don't know if it's the one he's sleeping in. It's the one that he's okay. driving when he goes to, okay. that he's like, oh, should I go tell Zanetta that I found this body? No. Okay. okay. Yeah. And and basically it just ends with Zanetta riding the ferry. And like 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 many Podversaken movies, it just ends on like a, a the world's longest shot of a fairy floating away as the credits roll, right? Yeah, so what what the fuck? What the fuck? And then okay. the thing I mentioned earlier about like, we see it like two second shot of him, of Peter like buried in a hole outside the house. I literally don't even remember that part. It that just- Do you remember mind- that, Chris? Which part? Of like them showing for like two seconds, like Peter like buried in the hole. I do. That was like when he was freaking out. He had like this yeah, vision that, of everyone standing around him. fake or is that like- I don't know. Something? I mean, I think that was like him like being, I thought that was part of the possession stuff with like Hannah taking him over that he's like almost switching places with her. Okay. Cause like, I mean, at some point, like I, we don't even know how we got out of the quicksand. That quicksand like ate him up, like over his head. Right. That's why I don't think he actually like I think if you were standing there when that happened, you would just see him like have a seizure and pass out. Oh, maybe. And like okay. in his mind, like it's symbolic of like him being taken over by the ghosts is like visually represented by him being sucked into the ground. But he uh, didn't actually get sucked into the ground. Right. OK. Uh, I know, so okay. Okay. Here, here's my understanding of it. You ready? Please. Yes, please. All right. <laughs> All right. Peter is a uh, uh, for, like a ch- son or uh, child, whatever, grandchild of a refugee from Poland to London. He represents the Jewish outcasts, like former Polish. He is Jewish. He comes in as an outsider, is seen and uh, as uh, like basically reviled by them because they're xenophobic. There is this latent uh, anti-Semitism. And the, the whole metaphor is that he's arriving across uh, a ferry which is like Charon, the the like ferryman across the river Styx, right? There's a bridge was destroyed by the Nazis. There's so many references with across the movie to the idea of like, we need to give the future generations room. We need to build this. It's building a bridge between the past and the present and the future. And that is what he is there to do, is he is linking this cloistered world to the greater outside world. But in order to do that, they need to acknowledge their past of what they did, because what they did in the Holocaust is buried and unrecognized and just sort of like we haven't, uh, to put it in emotional language, we haven't processed it. So it's still this thing that suffuses everything in our lives, but we're not dealing with it and we're not going to. This movie is a tragedy because this is the opportunity for them to basically digest that and they don't. They basically opt to like, let's pretend it didn't happen again, bury it, let's hide his corpse, whatever, nothing happened, here we go, pretend it didn't happen. He came there and he explicitly said, I'll design and build a bridge for you. This is supposed to be getting over and repairing the damage caused by the Nazis, but they don't. But what about the black and white photo showing him as the groom? I mean, that feels like just like B-grade horror shit. I'm not really sure how that fits in. But that's based off of what I read about from his widow about like what was intended. It's about the Poland not recognizing and like processing the trauma of the Holocaust. I mean, that makes sense. Like the larger message for sure. Yeah. So it's like like, plot wise what happened. I still don't get it. Right. Do do you think that like basically Reynaldo kills him in the basement? 
Yep. And then and it basically says, I don't know where he went. He, he's gone. But then exactly. puts him in the Jeep and then drives the Jeep into the ravine. Because yep. he wants the lady. Yes. He wants Zanetta. Yep. How do you get that he wants Zanetta? Because there's these scenes of him. He goes to kiss her when they're outside. And there's all this like sexual tension that Peter, before he's completely possessed, like is like seeing them. And he's like, I don't like that guy because he's like yeah. crowding in on Zanetta and stuff. Yeah. OK. I mean, I that might have been what happened. I really I, that's my interpretation of it. I don't know for sure, but that, that... like I, I get it. I, and I, I think a lot of that sort of does. It, it helps if you are from Poland, right? I feel like this, right. these things, these messages would hit you harder. Mm-hmm. I just like, look, I am all for a message, right? Like, I like that. But I want that to be secondary to the plot, right? Agreed. Agree. Agreed. And that's yeah. why it becomes a metaphor movie. And like, I get it. I understand it. I think there's a lot of elements of beauty to it and things that work really well. But overall, it's like, yeah, you told me, instead of giving me a meal, you gave me a message. It's half a story. It's yeah. It's not, yeah. Yeah, like, by all means, tell me the story of how, like, the Polish people can't deal with their past trauma, right? And, like, make references to the bridge. And you can have endless scenes of characters getting up and giving speeches about making room for the young, right? And, like, that's fine. But at the end of the day, you are making a movie about a possessed man and a murdered woman in the backyard, right? Like, yeah. can we please resolve this? And the it fact didn't that, like, finished. Yeah. the fact that, like, Peter, like, just disappears from the movie, right? It's like, and the fact that you're going to show me sh- the guy driving the Jeep off the ledge, well, you let me know that he he murdered him, right? So, or at least was involved, you know, in his disappearance. So, like, why not show me that scene where he actually kills him or, like... Right. I, well, I maybe, know, like, it doesn't, maybe it doesn't matter if he killed him. He's just hiding the car to hide the fact that he's gone. Right. I would believe that, like, the father-in-law killed him, you know? Right. Um, because he's just like, I don't want this guy being married to my my daughter. Um <laughs> Or maybe he had the brother do. I don't know. It's it's unclear what happened to him. It's just like, I don't want vagueness, right? I don't either. I think I think it's important that they told. I don't. It doesn't matter. Like they need they needed to show us some scene connecting those. There yeah. was way too much. Yeah, like, I just I don't know outside. how you, I don't know how you get to the conclusion of like we have this unresolved thing, and come to a resolution in the movie and still say that. You know what I mean? Sort of. I don't know. I'm not really paying attention to you, friends. <laughs> but like, if if you're saying like we have this trauma we need to deal with, I, if your movie's a metaphor movie, how how do you end it any other way? You know, because right. like, you don't have saying. an end. Yeah, but that's well, I why- think them hiding. I think them like hiding the death is still them not like learning from it or dealing with it. But if they just showed us that they killed him or who killed him or why, it would still be something. Instead, instead of like answering of that they throw the vague black and white photo in to just make it like confusing it like it doesn't make any sense even based on the theories we just said that still doesn't fit in anywhere yeah from all that i've read everyone is like i i I have theories about what it means i can't explain that other than it's like hey remember the shining yeah yeah but it's also like the only thing that would like maybe make sense which is probably not true is like if this guy's like great great grandfather or great her grandfather was supposed to have married her mm. and so they look similar and she's like he was promised to me he's my lover that was promised yeah but to they me. explicitly said he was a polish guy maybe his grandfather was polish like yeah. i don't know like that's the only right i mean it's you know what it's like it's the difference between like if like let's just pick a movie right let's let's say friday the 13th right so like you're telling me that story from the perspective of the people it's happening to right so like 
I'm going to say, I know Jason isn't the killer in the first one, but when Jason Voorhees or his mother is killing people, right? I'm seeing that story and it's playing out from that perspective. But these movies play out as though like it's coming, it's like the story of the guy who lives next to Camp Crystal Lake, right? And he's like, you know, a bunch of people died over at Camp Crystal Lake. And like, what happened? Like, I don't know. A bunch of bodies were found. That's the end, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want that story. Please stop telling me that story, right? I want to see the story of the, if you're going to tell me the story of the guy who's possessed, I want to stick with the guy who's possessed. And I want, I want to know who murdered the girl. Who buried her down yeah. there, right? Like, yes. I'm not here for a fucking mystery that has no answer, right? I That's life. That is literally what life is. Every day is an endless stream of things that are questions that go without answers, right? Yeah. I come to movies so you can set up a tale and then complete the tale, right? And if yeah. you want to end on a little vague note of like, did he get the girl or didn't he, right? Or like, did he get away or didn't he? Like, that's fine. I, I can live with that shit. But when the entire movie goes unanswered, then I feel like I just sat through a bunch of fucking nonsense, right? Yeah. And yet yeah. it was pretty and well acted and it felt like it was full of theme. But the movie ended and I was like, fuck this, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is not a story. You just, just, you just talked for a while which is maybe why the, it's representative of the wedding speeches themselves. Maybe it is just a bunch of people talking at, you know? But I just want to watch a fucking madman chop up teenagers. And then at the end, they pull off the mask and they go, oh, it's old Mr. Withers. And Mr. Withers goes, you damn kids wouldn't let me build my amusement park, right? <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> Please give me that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if they had answered them her murder, that's like another thing they didn't answer, like you said. Like, I don't want to read the, the the director's widow's diary that says, it was always implied that the father-in-law had something to do with the murder because he doesn't believe there's a skeleton. And I'm like, that's not a fucking answer, right? <laughs> yeah, like, right. If you're going to yeah. tell me the story of the dead woman found in the backyard that possesses the guy, I want to know what, why was she murdered, who murdered her, and what becomes of the possessed guy. And this movie basically says, fuck you on all those fronts. It does, yeah, every single one. And that's why I'm, that's why I'm still on the, you gotta you got like that kind of shit to watch this movie, you know? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you, gotta, you gotta like the constant tease job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it, it feels like a movie that gives you a little bit of homework if you want to understand it. But, and I, but I don't, still, you don't yeah. understand the things we want to understand, though. Right, right. Which, and, you know, I, I'm sorry, Chris, go ahead. No, no, no. I I understand that. I, I feel like I maybe it's like a case where I give it a little more latitude because I'm like, yeah, I mean, how many Dybbuk movies are there that deal with like unresolved trauma of the Holocaust? Like seven? <laughs> yeah, oh, really? I mean, there's literally a Wikipedia article about Dybbuk movies. And I think there are around seven and two of yeah. them are the unborn and possess- the possession. Right, right. So like. You know, if they're trying to do like something a little, they're trying to bite off a little more. I'm like, okay, I respect that a bit. And it helps that it's well-made and it helps that like he's so watchable. But I, I feel like that is kind of a failure that it's, you, you give me an actor that is so captivating and then he dies off screen or something or just disappears and he just never disappears from again. the movie. He's the main character. He's in every fucking minute of this movie until he isn't. And then suddenly he's just gone. Yeah. What's with the little ghost girls? Why are there little ghost children in the movie? Why does the doctor not address it? Is that metaphor too for us not addressing the, the those who were killed in the past? Like, <laughs> like, like, fuck you. There's a ghost kid under the bed and he just like doesn't say anything. Right, right. Why are and there that- so many fucking scenes of this doctor saying, I don't drink and then he's drinking and it's not a plot point. 
Right. Sorry, sorry. The more I, I talk about it, clearly the more worked up I am. <laughs> and that, I think that's just like sort of a failure of, or or the one of the pitfalls of like writing from a theme or writing from a metaphor is that your entire movie start like you bend reality to serve that, and that's not yes. what makes a story interesting. Yeah, you remember when we when we when we covered Marianne, right? The Netflix mm-hmm. show. That show's got a lot of themes, you know, like growing up and outgrowing youth and, and, and fucking fame and consuming you and all kinds of shit. Right. But at the end of the show, every question I had was answered. Right. Like it told me like why the witch was there and why she haunted Marianne and what happened to everyone. Like you can have theme, but fucking answer the questions of the movie. Right. I agree. Yeah. I acknowledge that when the shining ends, I don't get mad about why is he in the photograph? Because like, I, it, it, it makes sense to me. Like, he died and his soul is like absorbed into the hotel forever, right? Like, I get it. It doesn't totally make sense, but that's just one thing. The whole rest of the movie makes sense to me, you know? It's not like- Yeah, it's not if like, you were trapped with your kid for the, the winter, you'd kill him too. <laughs> like, like, imagine if like in the last 30 minutes of The Shining, Jack Torrance just disappears and Wendy's like, Where'd, where'd dad go? And Danny's like, I don't know. Tony said he's gone. And then like, <laughs> they, they fucking start up the snow cat and they drive off. And it like zooms in on a pile of snow and it's implied maybe he's out there, right? <laughs> like, fuck you. No, that's not a, that's not a movie. Just because yeah. he shot it with a camera doesn't make it a movie. Right. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because it's like that. I think The Shining is a great parallel because obviously that is a movie that works because you set up this entire battle of like man possessed versus his family. That's what you've set up in this is like man possessed versus the family that like might be connected to the ghost that's possessing him in some way, right? This is the grandfather's house. Is it really his house? Did he steal it from the Jewish family that had it? What's happening here? And then we just like, nothing happens. This is all a hallucination. Don't pay attention to it. That, that's yeah. not that's yeah. not fulfilling. No, it's not. That's that's the best way to put it. I did not feel, I do not feel fulfilled. That's hard to say. Well, how do you anyway. think Hannah feels? <laughs> <laughs> Um, You're right. Oh, now wait, it makes wait. sense. We to- there's one other thing we totally didn't talk about. What's with the woman at the beginning of the movie in the river? Because you see is her Is the actress who's Hannah? I or thought is it was that- Hannah. Yeah. I thought it was too, but I wasn't sure. Maybe, because when you see Hannah in the bridal gown, she's like all made up and, you know, right. her hair is all done. When you see her in the river, she's clearly like soaking wet and screaming like a lunatic, right? Right. And you but- also, she she's also, they pass her at the end. Yes, at the end, while she's they, coming uh, from a funeral. Yeah, as yeah. All, what was that? Oh, dude, that's all fucking symbolism too, because it's like, uh, oh, that, look, I don't know. The wedding is over, and everyone's drunkenly stumbling home, and they pass a funeral procession. Get it? Like wedding versus funeral, right? But yeah, there's absolutely that woman in the funeral pre- pre- procession. But because we're not in Peter's point of view, he's missing at this point. Who am I seeing? Right? I don't know. I, like literally at the end for a moment and two still even, I was like, is this all just the, in the mind of the blonde woman on the ferry? Like, did any of this movie even happen? I wonder if it's supposed to be something like, like that's Peter's actual mom and he's dead. Who's Peter's mom? The the woman, like that's his funeral and him being on the ferry. It's like Chiron's boat, right? Yeah. Like he, it's his soul. It's this is just like this other. I, I'm not really sure exactly, but like I get that sense from it, you know, I don't know. that like but just like it, 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 people standing around him, like maybe he was dead the whole time. I don't Look, know. I just I have a rule. Right. And that rule is like if in the beginning of the movie, you're going to show me a close up of a woman screaming in a river as she's trying to like 
get away, you better fucking explain who the woman in the river was at some point, right? Like, I just (laughs) insist upon that. That is one of Rodney's rules screenwriting. Rodney's rules, yeah. Yeah. Rodney's screaming woman. If you set her up in the first act, you got to pay her off in the third. That's that's the difference between American films and foreign films, is that, like, if if you don't answer those questions, then, yeah, you have to go to 11 different production companies and ask for a little bit of money, right? <laughs> and you're like, every single person reads the script and go, I don't get it. And you're like, it's a, it's a metaphor. And you're like, but who's the woman in the river? And what happens to the main character? And why is he in the photograph? Like, it's art, man. It's art. And they're like, okay, here's $20,000. Can you make a movie for this? He's like, if I do this 10 more times, maybe, right? <laughs> but in America, they're like, ah, I read the script. I get it. He murdered her and then he got possessed and then you know, he fucking gets revenge. The end of the, again, yeah, here's $2 million. Go make it, right? Right. So, yes, I feel exhausted. You're not wrong. (laughs) I'm not wrong. You know, listeners, like, have any of you watched this movie? Did you like it? Like, is there someone out there who maybe understands this a bit more? Because this could be one of those movies that, like, like A Tale of Two Sisters, like, if you watch it a second time, maybe you notice things that you're like, oh, right? But I'm never going to watch it again. So... I don't plan on digging for clues. Yeah. Right? Why Even don't Chris you write us the- a whole thread explaining it and then get banned from Twitter before we get a chance to read it? <laughs> yeah. Chris, I don't, if, for those who don't know what he's referencing, we had a fan. We have our us- own internal. You got to learn the lore of this. Go back and listen. We had a fan write us this incredibly long Twitter thread on like the lore of Tombad, and then they got banned from Twitter and, and we never got to read it. So <laughs> that was something. If you're listening... <laughs> Can you please write write to us about Tomb Bad again? I wanted to know. Yeah, what, I want to know. Yeah, if you know how this movie works, please explain Tomb Bad to us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, Tomb Bad is a, a, you know same thing, right? That's a perfect example of a movie that like it's all about metaphor and fucking themes and about like the British colonization of India, right? But it's also a, like a straightforward plot about like like a like a like a demon guarding a pit and a guy who goes down there. You know what I mean? Like it it has a beginning, middle, and end. And when Pumbat ended, I didn't go, wait, what happened? I was like, mm-hmm. okay, the movie ended. I liked that. They did have to make it twice, though, so maybe the first one. I think they had to they make did. it like make it like three times or four times. You're right. <laughs> maybe the first version was was very vague. And they're like, no, bro, like, do it again. <laughs> <laughs> if you are if you want to know what we're talking about, go back and listen to our Pumbat episode. Anyway, I'm done talking about Demon. I'm glad we watched it. it Me too. It, it, it had a lot of cool things in it. It just, I'd rather movie go the other go the other way. I'd rather have a long metaphorical boring hour and 20 minutes in the last 15 minutes is fucking dope and i'll go yeah i'm in but when you reverse it you leave me with like a a, a sleepy bad taste in my mouth yeah. it's hard it, yeah it's it's hard to recommend it when um, that's what you're left with yeah and now every time i go to any of my friends weddings i'm also just going to be thinking about how cool polish weddings are and getting upset for so, sure yeah. you should definitely get up and do a speech about like yo if this were in poland this would be better let me, let me just tell you what you're all doing wrong. I, I saw on the invite, this is done at 11. 11? You people are fucking disgusting. <laughs> okay, anyway. Uh, anything else either of you would like to say about this movie? No. I think that covers it. Thanks, Rodney. Yeah, I feel like we really tore this one apart. In a good way. I don't mean we yeah, were. Yeah, I, I still think it's good. It's just, uh, could have been great. It could have been great. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's the tagline for this. Good, could have been great. So next week, come back because we're going to do The Deeper You Dig, as we said. And we hope you all have a really wonderful week in the meantime. Thanks for listening, as always. Hope we entertained you a little bit or a lot. <laughs> Somewhere we'll in between. <laughs> if, if the answer is zero, try a different episode. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and um, be well. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Sounds everyone. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the episode. If you could uh, like, subscribe, and share this episode, that'd be great. If you want to share your feedback with us, we can be reached at podforsakenpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah.